Hello, and welcome to the God in the Wild series on the Idlewild podcast channel. God in the Wild explores the faith journeys of members of our community at Idlewild Presbyterian Church and how they see God at work in their lives. I am Elizabeth Doolin, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, this is Sarah Frosser and Sue Williams, and we're sitting here at Miss Williams' uh, home on Stonewall. Uh, it is June tenth, two thousand and twenty, uh, and it's about about noon. So we're here, and we are going to record a podcast for Idlewild's God in the Wild series. Uh, we're going to be talking to Miss Williams about her her faith. Uh, Miss Williams is my, I consider her my mother-in-law. It's a bit of a long story, but she, she, is, she is my mother-in-law, and, and uh, I love her very much. So we're going to get started here with, with the interview. Um, and we'll just go down some of the questions. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, the first is, um, very general, just tell us about your experiences with faith growing up. Well, I grew up in a household and a family that although the word faith was never mentioned, uh, that as I can recall, uh, it was a part of everything we did, uh, from saying the blessing at meals, prayers. Didn't have that pretty thing that's in all the magazines of the kneeling by the bed and the prayer, Uh that's a bit fussy for our family. Uh The Baptists in the background just won't let some of those things in, even if you are Presbyterians. Uh, It uh, was just there without much conversation about it. Okay. And what church did you go to? Uh, Evergreen, which was a small church at the corner of Alderman Dickinson. And Mother taught in the... It wasn't the cradle roll, it was the next oldest. Mm-hmm. I think I can't remember what it was, but the she little taught in that. And when my Aunt Emily was living with the family before she married and moved to Kentucky, she played the piano for the men's class. Well, she played the piano for anybody that would say, Can you play? She was <laughs> sitting down. And she, as she said, she ragged the hymns. <laughs> and, Got a little jazz in there, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> and she really did. I mean, and it made, she said the men's class loved her <laughs> because she would rag the hymns. So you started there as an infant, is that right? You were Right. Okay. But I wasn't baptized as an infant. Uh, Mother had several things that to her were Catholic approaches that she didn't feel necessary mm-hmm. for us. That being one of them, that if your child weren't baptized, it wasn't going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that wasn't in the game. So I wasn't baptized till I joined the church. And uh, <clears throat> it seemed to get along all right. What age was that when you joined the church? Hmm? What, what age was that when you joined the church? I'd say that I was in my early teens. I finally called the preacher, Dr. Millard, mm-hmm. whom we all loved. And I said, don't say it's time I joined the church. And he said, why did we miss you, Sue? <laughs> <laughs> he 
You had to raise your hand, huh? You know, and I thought, so I have a history of being missed or <laughs> dropped out or, I, like the song says, Mr. Cellophane. <laughs> it happens. So I joined the church in the old church at the corner of uh, Autumn and Dickinson before we built the newer, finer, bigger, better mm-hmm. one at the corner of uh, University and Tutwala. I guess that's Tutwala. I think it is, yeah. It, it, our church, as I have often, not often, but said, it's at the corner, it's at the corner of two dead-end streets. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, did you, you said you, you prayed at meals. Did you all have any conversations about faith, or was it just something that you knew in, in your family? Were there discussions, or? Probably anything I wanted to know, I mm-hmm. just asked Mother, mm-hmm. uh, who usually had a sensible, down-to-earth answer. Yeah. Daddy had solved his problem. He was a good According to Mother, I guess, a good church-going boy and had sung in the choir and had had enough church growing up that it was that was enough. Huh? Vital, and he spent Sunday morning in bed because he worked mm-hmm. six days a week. That was his only rest. That does seem to be a, a common practice for the women to be the ones that uh, yep. maintain the church going, and it sometimes and. Uh, Dr. and Ms. Millard would go out in the afternoon and visit everybody who was new that came to the mm-hmm. church. I don't know, Mother would get me out of class to come down and sing an old hymn or tell church. I mean, she just kind of did whatever mm-hmm. she wanted to in the old church for the little bitties. Yeah. And Is there a point in your life when you felt like your faith was more important to you than others or at a particular time when you drew on your faith? I think it comes and goes. Mm-hmm. That's why I quibbled over that expression, your faith journey, mm-hmm. which sounds like you've got a map and you get yeah, in it's it. it's a straight line, huh? Right there. <laughs> yeah. And I can't help but wonder what the young ones today are going to think of that when they get in a car and it drives them to where they put it. <laughs> yeah. Just put heaven down and see <laughs> and what it'll headed, do. Huh? Uh, <clears throat> so, because the journey is so erratic, you don't even know you're on it some of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the things you do, you don't have the foggiest idea of what's going to be the result, or the result is so far off of what you thought it was. Yeah. I've changed jobs a lot. Well. Sometimes they were what I thought they were, and sometimes they were nowhere yeah. near it. Yeah. So then I went out and looked for another one. <laughs> Changed jobs a lot. Yeah. On my own request, not fired. <laughs> and uh, always in advertising, public relations, I say that Plow was probably as far outside of that Mm-hmm. But it didn't last long. It was a it was a quickie. I knew as soon as I was on the payroll that it was wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> because we sat at the very back of the office. There was a good looking fellow there that I had noticed while I was applying and I really had nothing to do. And they said, Well that's all right, you're going to put out the calendar for some five years down the line or something and do, 
all of them way away. I mean, so I sat under my desk for several days digging out the paper clips. So you just realized that that wasn't for you. So you moved on, huh? I moved that was on. part of your job journey. Um, and I don't know that faith had much to do. Well, how do I know what faith had to do with it? Right, that's uh, true. It encouraged me, something encouraged me to move on, mm-hmm. or it came up. That's why I say I can't tell you where faith stepped in. I think what you're, what I'm hearing you say is it's been such an integral part of which your life it is. It's not, it's not a separate, distinct thing in no, in your life. Is that because is that fair? That yes, mm-hmm. because I'd be praying about this or mm-hmm. that, uh, you know. And we took uh, in the women's. I began in the women's work mm-hmm. real early, mm-hmm. as soon as I could, I guess. And we took studying the Bible very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even well, as a young I took it seriously mm-hmm. and made my Sunday school children, which I started Sunday school teacher, mm-hmm. probably in my early teens. I made them learn. They had to learn the catechism. So many mm-hmm. questions, you know. Uh, I love the little. May I tell a small joke? That, sure. Just uh, young little boy who had got caught stealing, we'll say stealing apples off the neighbor's tree. Little eyes looking up over the door thing at the desk at the judge who says, now do you know right from wrong? And he says, yes, sir. And he said, and you know what about God? And he said, yes, sir. He's a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his wisdom, glory, power, and truth. Little boy says, preacher says, I think you know, and you little Presbyterian goes in. <laughs> he learned his lesson. Huh? He had learned the first. But why know. did you think that was important? You said you wanted, you took it seriously. You wanted your children to learn mm-hmm. these things. Why? Why did you think that was important? Why did I think it was important for the children to learn yeah. catechisms and, and I some, wanted them to mm-hmm. know what it meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, if We'd had a class or two, and I thought it was dragging. Mm-hmm. I know. I would invite them all over here on a Saturday afternoon. we have something to eat. The house is big. had several downstairs rooms. They could pick out whatever partner they wanted to, and then they had to go and learn certain things, and they had to be able to come back to me and explain it. Mm-hmm. Then they could go home. <laughs> And so the sooner they got down to work, the sooner they could go home. And it's amazing to me that I've had a letter from Flossie Quinn's daughter, Mary Lou, who mm-hmm. I taught. Mary Lou says, I remember when you taught us the Lord's Prayer and made us go through it line by line. <laughs> <laughs> and she is a grown, a grown woman uh, much, now. Muchly grown. <laughs> the history, there's some building now up at uh-huh. Uh, named for her, so. <laughs> but it was She's moved on, but she she still remembers that, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, you also taught adults. Talk, tell me about that. Oh, How, <clears throat> well, I taught young people until we got into the 60s. And then I started getting one or two that were just too sassy <laughs> okay. that came in after class and said I was the worst teacher they'd ever had. 
I didn't teach it right. I mean, just up and down. Mm -hmm. Some of which was probably true, some of which was not. And I thought, I don't have to put up with this when there are other classes that want me, mm -hmm. that I can do something with, uh, and maybe some other teacher can handle y'all. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I'd been doing the Bible study and the women's work anyway, so I just switched over to teaching adults. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love the sixth grade. Did you? <laughs> That that was your your the perfect grade before they got too too sassy, huh? Um, let's see. How has your understanding of faith and who God is evolved over time? Are there any changes from when faith you were and faith and who God is? And who God uh -huh. is from from the time you were a young person to where you are now with your life experiences as and who God is. Uh huh. You know, I'm not really sure that it has. I think that goes in okay. so early that the vision I have of God, who happens to be in the upper right-hand corner of the room I'm in <laughs> when I'm praying, I think is, is really not too far off from when I was okay. in my teens, at least. We were fortunate at Evergreen we had a lot of classroom teachers who were also the Bible teachers at Rhodes. Mm -hmm. So you got a pretty, they couldn't be anything but what they were, so you pretty well might get be getting Bible one for mm -hmm. your Sunday school class. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and any question you had was no problem in there answering it. Maybe that's part of your desire when you were teaching children to make sure they understood the basics because you knew that those basics were the things that have carried you through your life, through your 96 years of, of, of living. <laughs> right. Uh, yes, I thought, to me, people laugh at memory teaching mm -hmm. when out of stuff. Memorizing. To me, it's the basis for what does it mean. Mm -hmm. So the two had to go together or they weren't You had to effective. know the words first and then... And because once remembered, it's like that odd little word for husbandry does. Husbandry does itself and neither a borrower nor a lender be for loan off loses both itself and friends and borrowing dulls the edge of husbandry, which is part of Polonius' advice to Laertes in Hamlet. Mm -hmm. Never understood husbandry. Of course, could have looked it up, but didn't. Mm -hmm. And years later, I was reading something, and there was husbandry, and it popped into my mind. Oh, there it is. <laughs> That's what it meant. So you had learned the words first, but then you and later on learned what they, what they took, meant. It um, took another yeah. 20 or 30 years before I learned what it meant. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, it's there. That's my point that it's there, uh -huh. and I read where people, as in concentration camps and things like that, who had memory, who had memorized uh -huh. a lot of things, would tell themselves these. I mean, it was like they had a book. Right. Their memory working helped in keeping them conscious and alive uh -huh. and not losing it. And now this is not the same thing, but you've told me too that your what you your memories and things you've known and 
places you've been have sustained you in this time when you're pretty much in your house that you've mm-hmm. been able to draw on that to to um to entertain yourself and to um to yeah. to sustain your, yourself so. well you do i mean you have so much more in your mind mm-hmm. than you think you do you know i'm smarter than i think i am <laughs> it that uh it, it's a shame if you don't i'm a really firm believer in memory and talking about it when children are up to the first, the fifth, mm-hmm. sixth, seventh grades. I think that's when they're they're little sponges. Mm-hmm. They don't even know they're sponges, but it's going in going there, in, yeah. and bad's going in there right along with good. Yeah. And somewhere it's up to the adults at that point to help separate get, get the good in there too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I come home and ask mother what some terrible words would mean that my, I don't know how my mother knew them all, but she <laughs> did. And mother knew a lot. <laughs> and so, oh, daddy, but mostly mother, because mm-hmm. when I'd come home from having heard something while I remembered it, she was at home. Uh, daddy and I talked more about traveling and trips. Mm-hmm. And even that, when you see photographs by Ansel Adams, for example, you it, that's a faith that you look at it and God is just in that picture, mm-hmm. uh, in the beauty and the vastness, and you can look at it and just go into it and keep going. Well, to me, that's God using your mind. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You mentioned praying. Tell, tell us about your prayer life. I think it's a very active one. So Prayer th- yeah, life. Yeah. Well, I learned my little prayers to say at night. I said the blessing from the time I was little, and it doesn't bother me as it does a great <laughs> many people, which strikes me as very strange. You just talk to God. You thank him for what you've got yeah. or might get or that other people don't have and you do. Because, again, it's very real to you. It's just part of your life. It's not yeah. like something separate and different. No. It's, faith. Just, it's just right there. It's just a piece just, of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like cutting, using the right knife or mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. right fork. Yeah, yeah. Something. But you pray for people, though, too, don't you? I pray geographically. Okay. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Some of the people, if I go to sleep too soon, don't get prayed for quite as often as the others, and I have great difficulty doing it backwards. But uh, since my friends and I don't have a whole lot of real blood in Mm -hmm. family, but I have a wonderful love family, Mm -hmm. and so that takes a while. (laughs) To go around the world, huh? Starting over in... Washington, D.C. here and all the way back around to here, Memphis. And most of my overseas friends have died, practically all of them. Tell me what you you pray for people. Tell me what you think about the power of prayer. What, why, why do you pray? I think you pray. Matt, that's an excellent question because it's got two or three answers or two or three parts to that answer. First, you pray because you expect God to hear it, that you are confident that he hears Mm -hmm. you. He hears a lot more that you 
prefer not, but <laughs> that particular time is set aside right now. This is, and you hear yourself if you use words in your mind, some people more so than others, but if you use words, sometimes you hear what you're praying for, and just right then and there, you've got your own answer that this is not right, or mm -hmm. you know this, da-da-da-da. And I think you pray for it deeply. Sometimes you don't. It's just almost casual. I'm really sleepy, but please bless so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so. Mm -hmm. And those are prayers, but not much. But they told me a story when I was real young <clears throat> about the two angels and the two baskets, and they're up in heaven to pick up the prayers after bedtime is over. Mm -hmm. And the angel whose basket is asking is so full, she's just struggling. They have to replace her every now and then, her back hurts. And the angel with the thank you basket <laughs> is there for years. That's the light load, huh? <laughs> and I often literally see that, you know, little angel uh -huh. leaning over the parapet, pulling up practically nothing. Yeah. And then I try to make an effort to say thank you, and then that passes by in a short time and go on. But I think it does. I've even stopped and talked about it. I can't get on the picture, but there was a woman at the Baptist Hospital, Old Baptist, and she was coming down the steps crying, and some other woman stopped to comfort her, and I kind of went up to see what we could do. And I know we were talking to her about to go ahead and pray for what she wanted. If she, you know, mm -hmm. she wanted her son or whoever was so sick. Mm -hmm. And she didn't know, it was like, can I? Of course anybody can. Mm -hmm. I, 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 but I remember that this other woman and I came mm -hmm. to her, I hadn't thought about that in ages, but we tried. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe it helped, maybe it she, didn't. She hadn't thought up to do that, is that you're saying? She didn't, well, I don't know that she, she could. would respect people. She wasn't aware that she was publicly making a spectacle okay. of herself. Right. Or needing help, obviously, that, yeah, that showing she, that she needed help. Yeah. And, that, and that people a Christian mm -hmm. came to help. Yeah. I still feel a little presumptuous when I say people who are Christian. It sounds mm -hmm. like I'm being a little bit uh, drawing a line. Exclusive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't, I don't feel too much that way. And you were married to Robert for 20-something uh, years, 18. 18 years, okay. I know you told me when y'all first got married, or before you got married, you, you talked about tithing and, and that uh, that was really important to you and always had been and wanted to make sure that was part of your married life. Were there other things about faith you, you talked about in your marriage or that is important to you? or? I'm sure we must have uh -huh. because he was in the war so long that we had to, Mm -hmm. talk about that sometime. I don't remember yeah. anything strongly. Mm -hmm. um, but he went to church with you to Evergreen. We, we went back and forth between Evergreen and he went to Central Christian. Oh, okay. Okay. And 
he had a son who at that time was about 15, 14, mm -hmm. and it was, we kind of tried to decide where it'd be a good place for Bob, and he decided that I knew more of the families with the children that I would be better for Bob mm -hmm. at Evergreen right. than he could be. He traveled yeah. a good deal for than he would be for Central because he didn't know him. Okay. Um, and I was uh, just bringing things I remember you t telling me. Um, there was a particular verse you said it was very important to you, and it uh, after you, uh, Robert died and you came back home, and you were coming into a house alone, which was unusual for you because you've always had people here growing up. The house has been full, and you were alone. And you said there was a particular psalm I think that was comforting to you that came came to your mind when that happened as you were walking in alone to your house. Do you remember? It was, uh, I'm with you and you're going out and you're coming in. Yeah. And when I, that one came to me, Yeah. whether I found it in reading or whether I remembered it, I don't know. I don't know how. But God was with you. That, 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 cause that, that was, was the point. point. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that I wasn't by myself. Right, right. And it just lifted a cloud that would have, could have right. smashed me right down to the ground because I hadn't ever been by myself. Yeah. You always had somebody here, huh? Who was working with me, and she couldn't stay home when her mother and father were gone. She came over and stayed here, yeah. you know. Yeah. When I moved over and I slept with mom and she got my bed and we all <laughs> moved around. Yeah. But um, she couldn't. Mm -hmm. And someone whose name I won't mention, but their family did not like her to stay home if her husband was out of town. So she would get me to come and stay with her. Oh, I've got some with me, mom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And had Mama known who it was, I might have been in some working trouble, shall we say. <laughs> but anyway, that was comforting to you at that, that time in your life, it, huh? it has been then and continues to be. Well, let's move on. Just a couple more questions. We're going over a little bit here. Um, Idlewild. What first drew you to Idlewild and what keeps you here? Uh, what first drew me? would be the fact that you, the whole Prosser mm -hmm. family, at that time, your son, then mm -hmm. was growing up, yeah. was still in in there. And um, daughter Jennifer and mm -hmm. her young family, they were there. So the whole family were there. Mm -hmm. It made sense. And some of the things you, I think you've enjoyed with Ida, while, uh, since you have been in your house, you, the, a bulletin coming every week has been a very welcome thing for you, I think. The flowers coming uh, the every flowers week. The flowers have been, they, mm -hmm. they have quit now because of the right, pan pandemic. pandemic right. But uh, yes, that has been a real pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I did, they had never asked me before, but the maybe an apple, Anyway, somebody phoned and asked me if I'd like to have communion. That's and right. I said mm -hmm. yes, because I hadn't had communion since I had had to come home and stay. 
and they came, but they've never called or never come back. Well, the pandemic kind of ha- happened pretty much oh, yes. after that. And so I guess, right. it, I guess yeah. it did. Yeah. And, and see, my life is so much like everybody's with the pandemic that I kind of <laughs> forget what a change it makes for people. And that's the next question, really, is how has the pandemic impacted your life? And it's probably not much for you, uh-huh. right? It's, it's, <laughs> right. It's everybody else that it's impacted. Because you're here. And, I'm uh, here. I can sit on my front porch. I yeah. can walk around in right. my yard. And people come to see me. <clears throat> so, <laughs> All right, let's go to the last two questions. One is, where do you see Christ at work in your life at this time? I'm here. You're here. Okay. I mean, yeah. for some reason, I'm not, I feel like I'm a failure at this point because I'm not sure that I'm doing any of his work of being, I don't know what he wants me to do. I haven't found a place that I, in a while, that I felt I was really contributing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I give them my, <laughs> I give them my uh, thing, money every month, but uh, that bothers me that I'm not more contributing member of the church, and I realize that is also my fault. I could call up and say that I would be on. I wouldn't be on the prayer committee. The first thing I do is tell somebody somebody's prayer because I forget I wasn't supposed to. So <laughs> I stay away. Well, maybe you know the, what I mean. Yeah. I know that uh, part of my non-contributing, I could I could fix if I would. But maybe you also can look at the the people that are coming into your life here. That that you you were saying you didn't have a lot of blood relatives, but you have people that come in. Gloria, all the people mm-hmm. that, that are in your life right now that are. Uh, oh, and we have uh, Gloria being mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. Uh, and being with me a long time. We have we have talks about the church. She's one of about fourteen children, mm-hmm. and I'm a single. And also, I will just ask her, is this a black thing or a white mm-hmm. thing? And then we'll discuss why or what we don't know why. As far as not contributing, maybe you're not seeing all the ways that you do contribute. Oh, so well, I had never thought that yet. I <clears throat> really contributed to her. But uh, Renee, who, is a, who said she's always thought I was her grandmother, she guessed we tried to figure out why and she said well miss savage in the uh-huh. family was her grandmother so i must be her grandmother <laughs> well she also t- turns to you for advice and just a listening ear so i wouldn't i wouldn't discount what you're doing so just well, file that away kind. all right last question um if you were stuck on a desert, deserted island, what three things would you want with you? <laughs> I thought about this. Okay. And the first one would be my robber. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you would have to have him, huh? If I had him, then I think that, we could manage being an architect. Your husband. <laughs> and a, a landscape architect, both by mm-hmm. degree. We'd have a house, even if built by our hands, mm-hmm. and, you know. So, Robert? And my Robert, and then I bought, I'd take one of those desalining machines. Oh, because you get water. Okay. Water. Okay. 
And then the third one, I had a lot. I had read the questions, and I had a lot of. The third one was hard, okay. but I finally settled on one of the flashlights that shoots about two miles. One of these laser ones, mm -hmm. because that would hit off low-lying clouds and some plane as well as boats. Might might see you, okay, and rescue you, okay. If by then All right. You to leave. <laughs> so you spend a little time sitting here on this couch thinking about this. Right, okay. very very clear. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that I think we're just right at the, the exact time. We're getting uh, on the dot here. So, and I think we've answered all the questions. Thank you very well, much. I enjoyed it. Thank you for including me. All right. Bye bye. <laughs>